This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, in our last two Toolbox episodes, we talked about how to make small talk more compelling and open up a world of opportunities with anyone that you meet. Today, I'm joined by Johnny here in Las Vegas and Michael all the way in Vienna. And we're going to break down how to take small talk and turn it into meaningful conversation, or as we call it, smart talk. That's right. How do we transition out of those surface level conversations into something deeper that can create that opportunity for a relationship? You know, it's all about relationships. And where are these relationships that we're talking about? Well, we're talking about relationships at work. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about sales, talking to your prospect. In all of these cases, you need to be obsessed with your audience, with your prospect, in order to get the information that you need in order to give them value, to be able to solve their problems, to offer solutions. And you can't do that without having an understanding of who you're talking to. Now, we've been discussing this for weeks now. And my favorite thing about this, and we've said it before, if you're somebody who hasn't taken the reins of small talk, you find it boring, or does it go anywhere? That's on you because it is an opportunity to set a foundation for you to allow comfort and trust to be built and vulnerability to happen from that point. Exactly. And if you're struggling with small talk, we put together a cheat sheet. That's right. A phone wallpaper with our conversation formula, compelling questions to use in conversation, and some quick tips for you. If you'd like to learn more and get that free cheat sheet from us, go to theartofcharm.com slash smalltalk and grab that download today. After we've initiated small talk, well, as Johnny said, we have to take the lead. We have to take it somewhere. But there's a huge myth. And that myth is that it's binary, right, Michael? Most people think that you leave small talk and you jump into the deep end and you go like full on vulnerability, full on like big topics, talking, you know, vulnerable stuff. Um, and in reality, it's a small and gradual process. And we're going to show you guys how you can slowly transition by adding just a tiny little bit of vulnerability, see how it's received, how it's reciprocated, and then move on from there. So really in baby steps, going from small talk to the really big stuff. Now we see this blind spot in our bootcamp participants all the time. They think that if they just have a bunch of little small conversations, then naturally something is going to come out of that. And as we know, hope is not a strategy. You can't just rely on your small talk to create connection in your life. You have to be able to transition out of small talk into more meaningful conversation. 
And the way to do that is with vulnerability. Now, here's where that blind spot comes in, because many of us think that vulnerability is sharing our deepest, darkest secrets, the things we're afraid of, the things that make us anxious. And that's just not the case. In fact, vulnerability is a lot easier if you shift your perspective on it. But first, we want to share with you a metaphor that we use that hopefully will help you understand how important vulnerability is and how you can lead. And that's our cave metaphor, right, Johnny? Rapport is built on disclosure. And disclosure happens when two people risk vulnerabilities. It is that risking of vulnerabilities is showing investment into the other person and that you trust the other person. And you're going to have to lead that if you expect the other person to be vulnerable, to risk in that relationship. So the cave analogy allows us to look at it objectively and paints a good picture of what it looks like. So Michael was talking about lateral conversation, lateral questions. Where are you from? What do you do? Uh, Do you enjoy that line of work? And These are basic. We hear them all the time. And this is how conversations get started. You could say that they're, they're almost as if they're icebreakers, but where are we going? Well, if you're in sales, if you are building a team, if you're trying to get people to buy into your ideas, you have to lead them into being vulnerable and lead them into hearing your ideas and accepting of those ideas. So We're going to use those ice-breaking type lateral questions to walk up to this cave, the mouth of the cave. So I'm talking to AJ, I'm asking him where he's from, what he does for a living, and he's following along, he's answering. There isn't much in the way of vulnerability to answer those questions on a surface level, and you could say that we've walked up to the cave. Now, I may ask AJ on a vertical question now, what is it about that line of work you like so much? Now, for AJ to answer that question, he will have to take a step into that cave. Now, as you could as you could tell from the analogy, if he's nervous about it, if he has any discomfort in this idea of being vulnerable, he's going to look to me and he's going to be hesitant and walking in. I have to be the leader here to show that going into that cave that nothing is going to happen, that risk is great, and that vulnerability will lead to us enjoying the conversation and having more fun and being more vulnerable together as we build this rapport. So I'm going to answer those questions. I'm going to start to become vulnerable first. This allows me, in the analogy, to walk into the cave, shine a flashlight around to show AJ that it's okay, that he's welcome to come in. And the way we do that simply is through sharing emotion. In fact, emotion is the single commonality that's universal amongst all humans. You may not have the same family experience. You certainly most likely don't have the same occupation. Maybe you don't enjoy the same things to relax and unwind. And maybe your dreams are completely different. So when we're using the Ford acronym and we're talking about data and that exchange, it's a great way to get started and to move laterally but vertically is on emotions. And emotions have a scale. So when we're trying to take small talk into smart talk, we wanna start focusing on positive emotions and sharing our own positive emotions because emotions are also contagious. 
So if we're bringing energy and emotion into the conversation, like that cave analogy, we're taking that first step into the dark cave. And of course, they're going to be ready to follow behind you and start sharing more emotion. And I know we've used this Maya Angelou quote on this show constantly because it is so impactful. People don't remember what you say. They don't remember what you do. They only remember how you made them feel. That's right. Your sales prospects only remember how good you made them feel. Are you able to solve their problems and feel supported? Do they really believe that you understand them? Right? Those are the feelings that guide our decision-making, that guide our ability to purchase something, that guide all of our behaviors. We like to backwards rationalize those behaviors, but it all starts from an emotional place. So what we're doing is we're adding emotion into the conversation. You can think of it as sharing what you're excited about at your job or why you're fired up in the morning to do what you do. And then asking, what is it about your line of work that's so exciting for you? We've walked a step into that cave. We've created an opportunity for the other person to add emotion into the conversation. And what do you know? We've started to transition out of boring small talk and into smart talk. The way that I like to describe this is lateral communication versus vertical communication. So I think about small talk like throwing a skipping stone over a lake and it's like touching the surface again and again and again, but it never goes deep. It always stays on the surface. Those are the small talk questions like, where are you from? What do you do? What do you do for fun? Right? It always stays on the surface. Now, how could we bring in emotion? How can we bring in just a little bit of vulnerability to test the ground and to shine the light into that cave? Well, we go vertical by saying, what do you like most about it? Like if I were to ask you, what do you do? And you say, well, you know, I'm a barista, I make coffee. I could now ask where you're from, or I could go deeper, bring in that emotional component and ask, what do you like most about being a barista? And now we're going just, it's just a tiny little step, but it's me bringing emotion in by showing you sincere interest about your work and you bringing emotion out in the answer that you're going to give. And this is where this entire process that we're talking about of going vertical is so bulletproof because you make that first step into the cave by asking an emotionally charged question like, what are summers like in Toronto? What is that like? Now, here's the cool thing. So you make that small little step. And if the other person doesn't want to follow, because that is not something they like to talk about, maybe the summers in Toronto, I have never been either. Maybe they're always like really rainy and they don't want to talk about it. Guess what? They're going to give you a very short answer and they're not going to follow you into the cave, which is perfectly fine. You just move to the next lateral question. And maybe now they're talking about their favorite hobby. And again, you're like, hey, what do you like most about wakeboarding? Like, what's, what, what do you find so amazing about that? And so again, you're probing deeper, you're going vertical. And maybe they bite there. Maybe then they're like, you know, this is a cave I want to go in. So, so you're, you're leading, I'll follow, let's, let's go that route. So, so this is the slow transition into vulnerability that is really like bulletproof. Because if the person doesn't want to follow, you just go to the next question. And that's right. That's the family, occupation, recreation, and dreams, or the Ford acronym, which you probably heard on past small talk episodes. That leads to very surface level conversation. And what Michael is talking about is it's okay to go surface until you can find some emotional context to relate on. And then we go vertical. And let's be honest, not everyone is ready 
to go vertical all of the time. Not everyone is ready to get vulnerable. So we like to think of it as like casting if you're fishing, right? You throw the hook out there, you see how they react. If they're not interested in that conversational hook or those vertical questions, you simply skim over the top and move to another one of those subjects until you can really find that emotion to connect and resonate on. And how do we find that emotion? You know, we hear this time and time again from our bootcamp participants. I'm boring. I don't have interesting stories. I don't know about these emotions. Uh, it made me happy. It made me sad. And we like to think of emotions as painting with watercolor. You want to add more emotion to your conversation, more emotion to your storytelling. That's the magic. So how do we do that, Johnny? Before we get there, I want to go over the idea of casting. And I want the, our audience to look at it as casting. Every time you cast your your line into the lake doesn't mean just because you cast it in that you're going to get a bite and you're going to throw out, you'll use one of those icebreaker questions. You'll use the, the Ford acronym of family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. And that doesn't mean that because you've thrown it out there that you're going to get a return on that. That's that, that other person is going to bite, but that's okay. Anytime you've been out fishing, you give it a few times or you or to use the baseball as another analogy of going up at bat. Sometimes you're going to, to get a hit and sometimes not. But what's important is that you throw your line out a few times, testing the waters to see what comes back. If we're looking at our conversation to go from lateral movements to vertical movements, right? We want to enhance the good feelings that are already happening. And we do this with yes and, we do this with matching the energy, and we, we allow the questioning. I mean, AJ brought up the Ford acronym, family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. Right? Those are questions about those subjects are easy, they're relatable, and they're, they're very exciting. So if we're going to be discussing the subjects in the Ford acronym, or any of the ice-breaking questions that get small talk moving. It's apparent that when you are looking to go vertical, you're not using why questions. You're asking questions that will enhance the emotions that they're already feeling and allow them to open up and continue being vulnerable, going deeper. If you ask a why question, so for instance, we were using the barista um, job, right? So what is it that you do? Oh, well, I'm a barista. Why do you like that line of work? Or why did you get into that line of work? Well, that, that triggers them into now rationalizing their behaviors and thoughts and actions around that line of work. And th this is what we're trying to avoid, right? So what, skipping the why questions and go to what is it about that line of work that you enjoy so much? What is fun about a a regular day going into making everyone's most favorite, most important drink of the day. And we know that those vertical questions will break anyone out of their autopilot. So don't be discouraged if it takes a beat for someone to answer your vertical question. Like, what's so fun about being a barista? Guess what? They probably haven't heard that question before. So it's going to take them a second or two to really think through that answer. But those are the magical moments in compelling conversations where people snap out of their autopilot, 
and they actually engage with their emotional sense and they start to think about what's truly enjoyable and exciting in their life and then they share it with you. So now they've shared something that's excited them and they're going to remember that feeling of excitement tied to you and we've just created a compelling, captivating, charismatic conversation out of a simple small talk strategy that everyone has heard before. So let's give a few examples here. AJ, what do you do for a living? Oh, I run a restaurant. Ah, and how do you enjoy it? You know, it's pretty fun. Man, I can only imagine sitting down thinking of decor and the food and the emotions that you want to elicit and the experience that you want to give people goes from not only the food, but walking into the into that restaurant. And if you can turn them on through the decor, the food, the energy, you are going to not only have a patron for life, you're going to have a friend for life. There's nothing better than watching our customers leave the restaurant smiling after the great experience they had with the atmosphere and the food. Now, here's what I wanted to pull this, this interaction apart. I gave AJ the question. AJ answers, restaurateur. I give him another question. What is that line of work? This is now the vertical, right? Now, and the answer I got back was, oh, I like it. And what happened? I realized that I wasn't going to get much from AJ. So I go ahead and answered that question. I used excitement, emotions, and I built a narrative of what that sort of work would mean to me. And now, because I shared, I walked into the cave, that that evokes emotions from AJ, and now he feels compelled to share what he likes from it because I've, I've already added to how I felt. This goes back to a few episodes ago where I talked about the imaginary jelly bean jar between me and the person that you're speaking to. In this case, it's going to be AJ. And I threw a jelly bean in as a question. AJ just you know, threw a jelly bean back and it wasn't very much to go on. So I threw another jelly bean in hoping that he's going to throw some more in. And he didn't, he just matched that jelly bean. So I started throwing in the verticals, right? I started throwing in more and more jelly beans till it got to the point where now AJ felt compelled to give me his position, his side, why he enjoys it so much. And we got to that place because I shared first. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. 
Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So key, if you find that you're ending up in conversational dead ends or you're not getting a response, answer your own question and share that excitement and enthusiasm and you will see that actually powers through any moments of silence where you might be thinking it's awkward. You can paper that right over with some excitement and some energy, and you will not miss a beat conversationally. As we say all the time on the show, the stronger frame dissolves the weaker one. So if you're bringing the energy, you're bringing the enthusiasm, you're answering your own questions, sure enough, the person you're having a conversation with is going to start to pick up pace, pick up speed, and match you because you're adding to and when we're giving value, we're adding that energy and emotion into the conversation. That's how we transition out of small talk into compelling conversation. In order to lead in any conversation, you first need to find the gift of gab on your own. Now, I love using that term, the gift of gab, because for a lot of people, their first response is, I don't have the gift of gab. I wasn't gifted with gab. And, and I can understand why you might say that. And when I was younger, I would say the same thing about myself. And I know AJ here has said it about himself. However, you can develop the gift of gab. And how do you develop the gift of gab in a meaningful way so that when you are talking, people are going to listen and it's just not you bragging and boasting about yourself? Well, it's about processing your experiences. And it's not about how do I bullhorn my experiences so everyone knows about the things that I've done. It's not about the things that you've done. It's about what you have gotten from the things that you've done. 
What you've learned from the things that you've done. How are you a better person because of the things you've done? Which means that you've sat there, you thought about those experiences and you extracted the good from them, the lessons, the insights, the takeaways. If you were to have that experience again, what would you be doing differently? This is how you've known, you processed your experiences and you've gained something from them. And here's what's great. This is what the gift of gab comes down to. If you do the work to process your experiences and there's many different ways of, of going about that and we'll get to that in just a bit. But once you've done that and you have your answers and you have what you gained, your insights, your takeaways, you will feel compelled to share them with your friends and family and anyone who will listen. And now you're not only, you're not talking about all the cool stuff you did and how cool you are. You're talking about mistakes, blunders, uh, everything that is under the experience umbrella that led you to this moment and why you have the value that you do and why you're going to be able to lead or hold a solution for the person you're talking to. These experiences all have emotions tied to them. And that's why processing them and taking out the good from them allows you not only to have stories to add, but also to start understanding the different emotions that you felt and experienced. And when others express those emotions, you now are instantly relatable. And when you're instantly relatable, that's how you create compelling conversation. That's how you build your charisma. That's how people remember you. And we hear it from our clients all the time. And that's what's so amazing about bootcamp is at some point during the weekend, they find their gift of gab. It's always been inside of you. But for whatever reason, self-judgment, the inner critic, imposter syndrome, whatever it is, that monologue going on inside of you that said, that's not interesting enough. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Oh, that's probably not going to receive the laugh that I thought. You've created a shell. And that shell has kept you from the compelling conversations that you want to have. That's right. With you not looking inside and you not processing these experiences, you've robbed yourself of the ability to communicate them effectively, to create the relationships you're looking for, to close the deals, to get promoted, to get the date. So it's so important that you process these experiences, pull out the good, the learnings, and the emotions. So as you're laterally casting those questions, and you start to take one of those topics vertical or deep, you have emotion to add to that conversation. So Johnny, you mentioned one or two of the ways that we can process these experiences in a meaningful way as mindfulness and journaling. How do either of those really help us unpack and dig into all of the gold in these experiences? Well, for myself, I like journaling. It has been a latest addition to my experiences and how I process them that and I've been doing that for years now and I keep a open pages just on my phone for that very thing when I get overwhelmed with emotions I jot them down what I feeling why am I feeling uh how how I might go about dealing with I'm what I'm feeling in that moment and and of course, I could go back to that, look at those emotions and then pull from it what I had learned so that I am better moving forward. Journaling is a great way to do it. You can also 
process your experiences by with mindfulness practices so that you are allowing yourself a view of your experiences as they as they rush past in a in your stream of consciousness and basically reliving that experience and then pulling from it your learnings the things that are going to allow you to be better and what you were feeling all of these things the lessons learned the emotions you were feeling they are the verticals in which you are going to connect with other people. Why? Because everyone experiences learning. Everyone experiences being overwhelmed. Everyone experiences being scared. And everyone can, can discuss the experience of failing. And there's nothing better than a, a redemption story, the phoenix rising from the ashes. Here's how I blew it the first time. Here's what I took from it. And here's why I'm able to help on this subject because I now have that experience. And here's the thing, reliving these experiences, whether journaling or mindfully, can pull up emotions that maybe you didn't even feel the first time or you didn't even recognize in that memory. You know, there's a silly video up above of me being deathly afraid ziplining in Tulum. And now when I think about that experience, different emotions come up for me and different thoughts about pushing through discomfort and realizing that the payoff on the other side of that zip line is the exhilaration of flying through the air. Had I listened to my internal voice and that fear and I didn't clip in, I wouldn't have had that shared experience with our bootcamp alumni in an amazing city. Every single moment in your life is worth reflecting on. That's right. And the more you spend time in self-reflection, the more you understand the experiences and the emotions you've been through, the easier it is to share, the easier it is to take a step into that cave. It's supercharging your light bulb inside of your flashlight so that you can allow other people in conversation to feel those emotions, to get excited about what's being shared and to relate to you. And the more expressive you are, the more relatable you are. And you're also building happiness, not only in yourself, but also in the person that you're talking with and the group standing around you that's listening in to that great conversation you guys are having. And I actually found a really interesting study that was done in 2010. It was done by Matthias Mail and his team, and it's called Eavesdropping on Happiness. Well-being is related to having less small talk and more substantive conversations and substantive conversations that's a fancy linguist term for bigger talk um, going deeper that's where the happiness lies not when the stone skips over the lake but when everything becomes more emotional and more charged with good emotions and experiences and personality there will be times where you might think that you're not getting a bite on your questions and you're going to have to answer them yourself. You're going to have to walk into the cave to show that it's totally okay. And, and this is what it's going to be about that we're, it's a, it's about discovery and it's about us discovering together. And you're going to need in leading, you're going to have to start expressing and processing and talking about your experiences. Now, you may feel that you're the, the only one doing the talking and you and and that might freak you out. You might think, oh, I'm just here bragging or it's coming off as boasting or it's just me talking about myself. And the other person 
is standing there and they're looking at you. They're engaged. They just don't have anything to offer. Number one, not everyone is able or has done the work to process their own experiences to where they are compelled to share them. And if they're at that point, that's fine. They're only going to learn and get more comfortable by you sharing your experiences. And if leading the charge may seem awkward and it may seem difficult, but it may just be what needs to be done. And this is an opportunity for you to practice this. And just as a side note, how do we understand this and see this in our daily lives? As somebody who handles all of the Art of Charms social media, I get messages all the time from people who enjoy the work we're doing, who like the videos that I make or who's who's going to be listening to this podcast or how this YouTube video struck them in a way and changed their way of looking at a problem they've had and they and it is gave them the answer. And I will have not have recognized these names and these people say they've been listening and watching us for years. So how come we're not exposed to them? How come we don't know these people? Well, because their rate of engagement is that of what we call in, in online world is the lurkers. And there's plenty of people who engage, but who are maybe a bit intimidated or fear they have nothing to add. That's okay. We need those folks as well. And there is a lot of them. And we want all of those people to find their voice and it's going to take different amounts of time. The thing that you can do is to make sure that you're leading, that you're sharing, and that when they do contribute, right, they are rewarded. They get confirmation, right? They see your excitement. And that's one of the reasons that I love boot camp so much because over the weekend, we simulate these high pressure social interactions. So you are going to be in conversation and challenged in boot camp where someone doesn't have a lot to add. Someone isn't being expressive. Someone isn't taking those vertical questions. And how do you handle it in those moments? And in boot camp, we believe and ascribe to the idea of train hard, fight easy. We do these drills and exercises inside of the boot camp all weekend long so that you're putting yourself out there, becoming more expressive, but you're also handling all of the tension and pressure and anxiety that comes with that stressful sales call, that comes with that pitch deck meeting or that job interview or that first date. You've practiced it in a safe environment, got feedback from me, Johnny, and the coaches. You've also practiced it with your classmates who are working on developing these same skills. And then we go out in Las Vegas and you practice it with everyone else you're meeting on the street or out and about. And by the end of that weekend, you have over 200 plus experiences of going through these exact questions, understanding vertical versus horizontal questioning and how to make that small talk smart talk. So if you're interested in joining us for a weekend in Las Vegas, we have three on the calendar this year. Check out the artofcharm.com slash bootcamp and apply today. Now, understanding the importance of small talk. It creates opportunities in your life. It's not to be skipped over. But those opportunities come from your ability to transition out of small talk. So the biggest myth that we dispelled today was that it's just something that happens binary. 
that you're either in small talk or you're in deep talk. And that's just not the case. Instead, we taught you a simple strategy of horizontal questioning versus vertical questioning and allowing the conversation to get more vertical through vulnerability. And that vulnerability starts with you sharing emotions and becoming more expressive in your conversation. So if you enjoyed this show, smash the subscribe button, stop lurking, add a comment or two, or ask us a question. We're so excited to hear from you. We want to keep dropping more amazing toolbox content like this. We want to hear how you put these small talk and transition out of small talk strategies into practice in your life. And if you're struggling with small talk today, head on over to theartofcharm.com slash small talk for our cheat sheet with that incredible conversation formula and great questions you can ask to strike up a conversation anywhere, anytime with anyone. Want to know the secret to captivating small talk? Head over to theartofcharm.com slash smalltalk to grab our free cheat sheet full of strategies and tips to help you have more captivating small talk and create more opportunities in your life. Thousands have already downloaded this free cheat sheet at theartofcharm.com slash smalltalk. Now this week, we want to give a shout out to Katarina Albrecht for taking our Charisma Code live stream from our Facebook group into politics and using AOC principles to improve her community. AJ and I have been going live weekly, covering lessons directly from our programs and podcasts to help you unlock your X factor so that you may begin to attract the right people, opportunities, and lifestyle that you've dreamed for yourself. Last week, we discussed our charisma code, the three factors that build and grow your hidden charisma and how you can boost it to become a magnet of curiosity and interest in any room. Imagine how you will handle a presentation, a networking event, or even a date when you're the prize in everyone's eyes. Join us today and check it out inside of our private Facebook group at theartofcharm.com challenge. We are excited to kick off more Toolbox episodes this year, and we want to hear from you. What topics do you want us to tackle on an upcoming podcast episode? Let us know inside of our Facebook community. Join today at theartofcharm.com slash challenge. Before we wrap, could you do us and the Art of Charm team a huge favor? Head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate this show. It means the world to us, and it helps us bring on tremendous guests each and every week. The Art of Charm podcast is produced by Michael Harold and Eric Montgomery. Go out there and have an epic week. <laughs>